0: Welcome to Millennial 630. 30 divided by 6 is 5. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. It's DNC week, y'all, and I have to say I'm not excited at all. If there was going to be a big stage in Milwaukee, you know, the big event happening in Milwaukee, I'd be super pumped for tonight. I'd probably be pre-gaming, but no special event. I mean, the DNC is still happening, but I guess it's all happening on Zoom.
1: Yes, it's all happening virtually, as it should.
0: Yes, of course. Are you guys excited for it this year? I'm not the only one who's normally excited, right? No,
1: I no. I mean, I would definitely be more pumped if we weren't in the middle of, like, Armageddon. Um, but... I don't know. I'm looking forward to some of the speakers. Like we have Michelle Obama speaking on the evening that this show
0: is being recorded. Don't forget me, Laura. I am also speaking tonight. Right.
1: Of course, Bernie (laughs) Sanders will be speaking. Yes. Um, (laughs) Then we'll also have, I mean, Elizabeth Warren. And then, of course, um, our VP nominee, the wonderful Kamala Harris. And uh, then, Dad, Mr. Obama himself will be speaking in the coming days. So I'm looking forward to seeing the speakers. For sure.
0: The Chicks are performing, I just found out, on Thursday. The Dixie Chicks?
1: I keep forgetting they changed oh. their name. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. They did. I forgot. Yes. I was like, who are the Chicks? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> this is going to be their big coming out party as the Chicks. This might be one of the first events they're playing since they changed their name.
1: That's right.
0: You mentioned Kamala. We did do a breaking news about this a few days ago, the day that it broke. Pam wasn't here for that, though. So I thought we could touch on it again. Pam, what do you think of Kamala, VP?
2: Uh, I was a little surprised. I don't know why. I feel like in a lot of ways, she's the obvious choice because she's got so much experience. But, you know, they really went at each other during the debates. So yes. it's really I mean, you should be able to to figure out how to work together even after debates, because at the end of the day, they, you know, even if they weren't running they would still be co-workers in a sense. But uh, I am curious to see how that plays into the larger stage of the presidential election with, you know, everybody having heard them go head to head during the uh, primary debates. Um, but I there's no denying that she's super qualified. And I'm really excited to see, um, you know, what she does when her and Mike Pence go head to head.
0: Yeah. That's
2: the part I think we're all probably probably take him out. Oh, yeah. So
1: good. I'm going to need a cigarette after that debate. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) But yeah, so we're all, I think, very excited about it. I think it it was an electrifying choice. I can't think of anybody else who would have been as exciting unless it was like Barack himself. But he did commit to picking a woman. Also,
1: he couldn't pick Barack.
0: Oh, that too. There's that that little thing. Yeah. (laughs) So you can hear more of our thoughts on that in uh, the latest breaking news, which is now available to Bay patrons at patreon.com slash millennial. Pam, it's really hot out where you are right now, right?
2: Oh, my God, it's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting in in heat because I can't turn the AC on when we're recording and I wouldn't be able to anyway right now because we're supposed to be conserving energy. Is pg and he can't get their
0: shit together that's why your microphone wasn't working they were trying very, to limit the amount of power going to honestly, your
2: honestly yeah this is probably the worst time for us to record but the show has to go on and i'm deathly afraid that they're gonna be like you're still using too much power so let's just cut you off or
0: shutting you off but i'm a podcaster let me continue <laughs> to work you guys had these problems last year too, a lot, right? It these was rolling for blackouts. different
2: reasons, but yeah. So, so I sent you guys on Slack, and maybe I'll post it on um, on uh, Patreon too for people that are interested. But we got a, a message from PG and E saying that they were conducting these rolling blackouts for because of the intense heat, and also because there wasn't enough. Power to go around to compensate for people trying to like drum up their air conditionings and stuff like that. So that's kind of why they're doing it to conserve power. But then they also said at the end that it was not in relation to last year's blackouts, which were directly related to a uh, fire hazard potential, but that those oh. would still be coming anyway. Yeah. So it's just like we're basically just getting fucked from all ends at this point, honestly. <laughs>
0: You know what's interesting to me though, so you guys have these blackouts due to the heat. Vegas and Phoenix, they seem to have their systems together better, I guess, because like here, it's been literally 105 to 115 in the Vegas area every day over the past week, and it's now it's continuing through Thursday. And yet I don't think there's rolling blackouts here. So does California just not have their act together? They need to change their infrastructure, don't they? Because California is just getting hotter.
2: I don't know if it would fix itself if it was another electric company or not. But pg e as we've discussed on this show before, they don't have a good track record right now. I don't think it's ever been this this crazy where they can't give you a specific time or a date, and they can't figure out how to make it so that like you know huge chunks of of counties are blacked out.
0: They're just like, we'll do it whenever we want right exactly it. that sucks
2: so so they could turn the power off midway through this episode if they want <laughs> to do
0: well write them a letter for next week be like please do not turn it off mondays from 4 to 6 p.m i need Hi, it right. to podcast
1: be like i am a small business owner <laughs> right. you are interrupting me
0: they'd be like get in line kid welcome to the club <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's <laughs> the other thing too with the with
2: the pandemic with everything closed it's like it's not even like i could go to starbucks you know right and recharge my my stuff or even get online for a bit for work
0: yeah so well good luck i just also wanted to note that midnight sun sold a million copies in its first week i wasn't really thinking about how many copies it would sell but i'm not sure i would have predicted a million stephanie Myers still got it this
2: is the book everyone was waiting for Mm -hmm.
0: yeah but don't i thought enough people like grew out of twilight or just moved on with their lives you know 10 years later, people still really care.
1: Yeah, I think it's also the nostalgia factor, like what we talked about in last week's After Dark. Mm -hmm. Like, there are many different, like, varying levels of critique that we can exercise of the Twilight novels. But there's, you know, something about happier times that are associated with the heyday of that fandom that I think are probably really comforting to people right now. So... Yeah. I can see it. Yeah, Plus, if you're a cheap-ass bitch like me, you can find it for $9.99 <laughs> through Walmart's ebook reader. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Stephanie Meyer also did tease that two more Twilight books could be coming. She says she has outlined two more books. I don't think they would be New Moon and Eclipse or Breaking Dawn from Edward's perspective, but some people have speculated maybe Jacob from New Moon's perspective. Or maybe it's a whole different story. What do you think, Pam?
2: Jacob's perspective would be interesting. I think that his POV in the last book, people really gravitated towards that and also towards Leah's perspective. So I wouldn't be surprised if she was thinking about something like that. But then I also, I don't know. Now I'm wondering if, honestly, I've been wondering if maybe she would go the Suzanne Collins route and um, base it on the the vulture or yeah. something like that. Something a little bit darker.
0: I think it'll be more something like that. Because I think to do another book from somebody else's perspective, it'll just look tired and lazy and and like a cash grab. So hopefully it's a whole different direction.
1: Do y'all remember when I was like in May? I was like, hey, we're going to be out of our house for a month, guys. <laughs> um, well, here we are in August. We're still out of our house. But... I finally got some like 3D renderings for our our rebuild because for anyone who doesn't remember, we literally had to have our entire place like ripped down to the studs due to water damage originating from one of our neighbors, which is a whole other can of worms I won't get into right now. Um, but we've got those renderings so we can actually see what it's going to look like when we can finally move back in. So, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm actually going to be signing a contract in the next week or so for the work. Nice. So it's finally going to happen. I'm terrified because I'm sort of at the whims of the insurance, and they're like, you know, insurance companies are not incentivized to like easily pay you, <laughs> so yeah. it feels like I have to chase them down all the time. Um, and you have so,
0: nice plans, so they might take a look and be like, mm, you don't deserve something this nice. Well,
1: and the thing is, like, we're making a couple of upgrades, but obviously am paying the difference. I'm not trying to, like, pull the oh. wool over anyone's eyes, right? Um, But there are things like, you know, you have to put the walls back, <laughs> like, you have yeah. to do shit like that. And um, it's just a little anxiety inducing when it's like, your home, the only one you have. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously, you know, my parents are wonderful and they would let us stay here as long as we need to. But, you know, we're not trying to, like, basically, like, revert their lives back to having (laughs) children in the house. So Mm -hmm. it feels like there's a lot on the line and it's a little anxiety inducing, but uh, I'm going to get through it.
0: Yeah. Well, good luck. With Lexapro
1: and marijuana. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's going to make it happen. Hopefully, you will get back into it by October. I mean, you were initially thinking June or July, right? And I think I said August at the time. So now I'm going to say November is when you're actually going to get in.
1: I'm hoping for Halloween. (laughs) It's
0: a good goal. You love Halloween.
1: I do love Halloween. It would be a good way to celebrate. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Your first party. Oh, wait, no. There's still a pandemic. Right. So today is our friend Micah's birthday. And we thought to celebrate, why don't we prank call him? Because we like fucking with Micah. And I have some plans. (laughs) I just hope he answers. Because he doesn't know we're doing this. Hello? Hello, Micah. Hello. Hello, this is Joe Rowling. How are you?
3: Oh, Joe. So great to hear from you.
0: Yes, yes. Good to speak with you. I'm calling because I've listened to the recent episodes of your podcast, MuggleCast, and I am fucking pissed at how you treated me like shite.
3: Oh, well, you know, you could try being a decent human being at least. Maybe that would help.
0: Oh, do you really think I hate trans people?
3: I do think you hate Trump's people.
0: (laughs) I do not hate trans people.
3: Your accent's a little muddled. I'm sorry. Maybe it's the transatlantic connection.
0: I I only think they deserve fewer rights than you and I. This is not hate. This is simply a fact. However, however, Mm. I I do find your voice sexy as fuck. And I'd like you to come on my new podcast called JKJK, in which I, JK, do a stand-up routine for 15 minutes each week. Would you like to be my newsman?
3: Oh, absolutely. How much does it pay?
0: (laughs) I can't do this anymore. The The accent started off really
3: bad.
1: <laughs> you sound like a little old lady from like
0: yeah, a British do. sitcom. <laughs> Micah, we wanted to prank you for your birthday. So happy birthday, Micah.
3: Thank you. I'm, I'm honored birthday. that you were pranking me. Happy birthday. Thank you. Hope the show is going well. I hope I can be on sometime
0: soon. This is cast We just decided not to invite you.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
0: uh what have you done today anything interesting or uh i got down to the beach for a little bit
3: which was nice it's been nice here
0: cool Cool. Yeah,
3: you know, i mean there's only so much you can do in the middle of a pandemic so yeah but uh had some drinks had some good food didn't look at my work phone until about 10 minutes ago I have 300 emails so that's exciting don't <laughs> want to go through those. can't Jesus
0: wait for tomorrow <laughs> yeah so. Well, at least you're avoiding work today. That's good. Some self-care. Yeah, I mean that
3: was the biggest the biggest thing was just yeah. staying away from work. All
0: right. Well, we'll let you go. Uh we'll have you on the show sometime. We can hear more about your big day and uh Thanks. talk to you soon. Enjoy the DNC tonight.
3: Yeah, I'm going to and tell JK I can't wait to uh start a new podcast.
0: I'm <laughs> <Very> excited <laughs> as well. Thank you very much. God, this I I practiced you really earlier to work today. On that. I yeah, I practiced this you earlier really today. You really are a British better. granny. I think I you just have, forgot. You should
3: try calling it. his Albus. We probably would have come through a lot better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Happy birthday, Micah! Have a great day.
3: <laughs> yeah, but then I wouldn't know who it was right off the bat. So.
0: <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Right.
1: Happy later. birthday, Happy Micah! Happy birthday!
0: Thank you. Bye. Happy Bye. birthday. I oh, had a couple more paragraphs in that script to go, but I I just <laughs> couldn't, so funny. I was <laughs> so disappointed in my accent (laughs) you
1: just got (laughs) too excited (laughs) what's that show I mean I'm I'm saying it like there's only one but there's one Britcom where there is like an older British lady who speaks with an accent that is remarkably close to that one that you
0: spoke I felt like I was doing McGonagall and Fantastic Beasts by the end of it just like almost Scottish Mm. But I was going to ask her, I was going to ask Micah as J.K. Rowling if he has any ideas for the next eight Fantastic Beast movies, because (laughs) she doesn't know how to fill them.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Well, UK listeners, please write in and give Andrew's accent a rating. You don't have to. I already know how I did. (laughs) Well, speaking of something that gets a rating of 10 out of 10 for us, we want to talk about our first sponsor of this week's episode, and they are BioClarity. And this is just in time because it is still hot outside and summer calls for a few tweaks to your skincare routine. BioClarity is a clean, green skincare brand that will help put your best face forward this season. I personally notice that I tend to get a bit more oily in my T-zone during the warmer months, but BioClarity always has my back with their Kind to Skin products. New for the summer is Bioclarity's Sun Filter for the face and Sun Shady for the body. These are 100% mineral reef-safe sunscreens to protect your skin from harmful UV rays, free radicals, blue light, and environmental pollutants. Side note, you should always apply sunscreen to your face every day, no matter the time of year, but this is particularly important during the summer months when we're all outside a bit more than usual. And what's great about BioClarity's UV protection products is they rub in clear without the greasy feeling of sunscreen and won't cause breakouts. This daily moisturizer is perfect for protecting your hard-earned glow. Say hello to kinder skincare by going to bioclarity.com. And right now, for our listeners, you can save 15% off everything on their website. That's an incredible deal. But you need to enter our code MIL at checkout. So go to bioclarity.com and get 15% off everything on their website when you use our code MIL at checkout.
0: So I'm mad at you two because Why? we played this game last week. <laughs> In which oh. <laughs> there was a taboo word that we could not say. And I actually did say 2020. Thank you to Amber, Rex, Sarah, Issa, and a couple others for calling me out. I was doing a Trump supporter impersonation and I went, Trump 2020. And when I start portraying a Southerner, it just, I black out. It just comes over me. I, I'm not thinking. And that's why I said 2020 and didn't realize my mistake. Actually, and funnily enough, even when I edited, I didn't notice that I had made a mistake. But in my defense, not only did you two not notice, but the Discord didn't notice either. And there's lots of people in there listening live. So I don't know what happens. But I do have my fireball from last week here, and I will take another swig now. Note, just a swig, because I can't drink too much this early in the show. <laughs> Maybe oh, I'll finish on. it. Oh, come on.
1: Do a full do shot.
2: two
0: swigs. Okay, two swigs. I took a good swigs. shot
1: good last time. And I didn't even say the word.
0: <laughs> but you guys missed it. So I'm in control here, too. Oh. This is your fault, Fine. too, as much as it is mine. Okay. I couldn't hear you. Swig one. That was a good one. That was close to half. Yeah,
1: that was a good one. That was a good. One. Was a good...
0: <laughs> okay. Swig, swig two, even though swig one was good.
1: <laughs> Come on. You got it. Chug, 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 chug.
0: You sound like my mother making me take <laughs> cough syrup.
1: <laughs> Your mother yells chug at you when you're taking coughs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: This explains so much. <laughs> what?
0: Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave. I will drink the rest of this by the end of the episode. I promise you that good but uh we'll do that again in a future week and i think we'll pick a more difficult word because that one was still pretty easy to avoid also last week i was wondering if all the precautions that we've been taking over the past year or over the past eight months have resulted Woo! that fireball just hit my stomach (laughs) it burns so good (laughs) um I was wondering if the coronavirus precautions mean that less people have been getting the flu and less people have been getting colds and whatnot. Well, millennial listener Claire responded to my question about flu and cold numbers being down. It turns out the Queensland Health Department there in Australia has actually studied this and they said flu numbers this year are significantly lower than what they've been in the last five flu seasons and are 84% lower than this time last year. Research suggests that Queenslanders have greatly improved their hygiene practices, which has helped to stop the spread of flu in our community. So all these precautions have meant less people are getting the flu. That's great. At least that's one good thing.
1: Yeah, it's almost like the recommendations from medical professionals work.
0: (laughs) Yeah, here's some hard data showing that uh, masks and washing your hands more And staying indoors can actually help a lot. We also got this voicemail. Ladies, do you remember that a while ago we set up a voicemail line for patrons and nobody uses it? And in fairness to them, we rarely promote it. But one of our listeners does use it from time to time, Amber. (laughs) And she caught in with this the other day and it's hilarious.
4: Hey, so this message is mostly for Andrew, but whatever. Um, first of all, welcome to the Southwest Thanks, and second, my city held a Harry Potter trivia contest on Friday night for Harry Potter's birthday, and I practiced for it by taking the trivia questions on the very long hyperbole trivia list of question things. Wow, I'm really coherent today anyway. um, when I went to the trivia thing, they had used that same list to create their trivia night and I was in first place literally the entire time and I just smoked everyone there and it was awesome. So I just wanted to give you a shout out and tell you that your trivia questions are really good. And <laughs> thank you guys for making such a good show and always being awesome. That's all. Goodbye.
0: So Amber studied for a Harry Potter trivia night with the hypable questions that we wrote for Google purposes. And then this trivia night takes all the questions from that Quiz <laughs> We should be selling that trivia quiz to people. I'm realizing like these motherfuckers mm-hmm. are just stealing them. I we made it because I thought we could rank well for that phrase on Google, Harry Potter trivia, and it, it worked. Um, But now people are using it and probably profiting off of it. Damn it. Anyway, make
1: them become patrons. <laughs> you want to use our questions for your pub trivia. Subscribe. I'll just start
0: charging for that, like 10 bucks. Yeah. Think of all the time you'll save by just spending $10 on these questions. Okay, it is time now for Trumpster Fire 2020.
1: Well, predictably, Agent Orange has already begun perpetrating the birther narrative against Kamala Harris. Um, I'm sure we'll all remember he did this to Barack Obama, trying to spread you know, sow discord amongst Americans and also cause us to doubt uh, whether or not Barack Obama was eligible to run for president um, due to this completely insane idea that he wasn't actually born in this country. Um, Later, when they found out that he, you know, when they When they got his long-form birth certificate and they were able to substantiate that he was, in fact, born in this country, then they started trying to push a narrative of, like, oh, well, his father wasn't a citizen and his mother was, like, barely 18, so she wasn't really old enough. And it was just... A load of bullshit. Well, he's trying to do this here with Kamala Harris because her parents are both immigrants. Um, she hails from both Indian ancestry and Jamaican ancestry. Um, But she was born in California, so very, very much eligible to be not only vice president, but president. Um, But this is just another example of Trump trying to incite his base with the usual racist rhetoric that you would expect from people who are afraid of anyone who's brown. So we knew this was coming. It's just already exhausting.
2: Right. I'm not even surprised. I'm just a little shocked that he went
0: for it so quickly. Yeah. That's my feeling as well. It right out of the gate, basically. I think the, by the right. next day he was promoting this stupid time.com article about whether or not Kamala is actually eligible. And it's I'm not surprised, like Pam said, but I am so disappointed that they would jump on this so quickly. Mm-hmm.
2: But doesn't and, it show it shows that they're they're fearful, right? That they're worried. Yeah. yeah that which they is have good. to to swing so low.
0: That that is good. But it's just pathetic. And and we all just shrug it off as a society, really. I mean, Mm -hmm. we agree, at least people on the left agree, that this is horse shit. But the people on the right, they don't even think anything of it, I don't think. It's so sad.
1: No, I mean, anybody who exists in their Fox News echo chamber is going to hear what they want to hear at this point. And I'm kind of I'm continuing on this drumbeat of this election season. Like anybody who is still Team Trump Lost cause. Sorry. Like, at this late date, if you are still voting for Trump, I have no hope for you. And I'm not going to try and change your mind because, like, you're just clearly deluded. <laughs> um. But in other news, Mike Pence is coming out strong and wanting to save the United States from a Biden-Harris administration And uh, he touched on a very poignant uh, topic that I think has a lot of significance for many (laughs) Americans. Andrew, would you mind playing the clip?
5: Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would bury the economy under an avalanche of red tape, more regulation and more bureaucracy. In fact, the California senator that he named as his running mate this week said during her short campaign for president that Americans needed to be, and I quote, educated about the effect of our eating habits on our environment. Yeah. Senator Kamala Harris said she would change the dietary guidelines of this country to reduce the amount of red meat Americans can eat. Well, I've got some red meat for you. (laughs) We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Holy shit. Like, nobody applauded at the end of that either. Everybody was so
0: lost. They're all trying
2: to figure out where he's
1: going with this. (laughs) (sighs) I can't. I've watched that clip like easily 10 times. And
2: (laughs) that's
0: the best they've got.
1: <laughs>
2: well, what gets did me, nobody like look at his notes and think maybe that was a bad idea?
1: <laughs> but also, that clip that Andrew played is actually from Trump's official YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, and they they clearly still don't get it.
0: <laughs> right <laughs> oh <laughs> trump's fans are gonna love this clip we've got to post it on social media like we're what? not
1: gonna let him cut your meat
0: <laughs> uh, i wouldn't let you touch my meat mike pence a <laughs> uh, kamala can touch it any day and by the way you're saying her your name wrong
1: oh as yeah i would expect nothing less yeah there if there was anything i didn't need to hear this year it was mike pence talking about his red meat <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> And by the way, yes, red meat is not particularly healthy for you. Um, no, so and it's Kamala, bad
1: for the environment. Yeah,
0: this is like this is like if you heard Mike Pence back in like the seventies being like, "We're not going to let them take away your cigarettes." I think he was in support of cigarette smoking actually back in the day. I think I've seen some things about that. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I heard he was a
1: big fan of AIDS too. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that. Pam brought up the point a few minutes ago that they're clearly scared. And as of this point in the campaign cycle, they have every reason to be nervous. Now, I want to preface this by saying none of this is intended to say that we should be complacent or that anybody should think that we have this in the bag or that there's any certain sure outcome for this election because there is not. So don't. Don't get comfortable. Let's Fuck not no. repeat 2016.
0: Exactly. How could um, anybody feel comfortable after what happened in 2016? You can't.
1: I've. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think you can. But my fear is that as we get further along the road here, we're going to start hearing more people using the same logic of like, oh, after all of this shit, he can't possibly get reelected. Yes, he can. And he's probably, he's, well, I'm not going to say probably, he's going to try and cheat to do it. And here's why. We have a number of states that are potentially up for grabs this campaign cycle. And they're Arizona, Texas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Maine, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. By the way, Trump really has no realistic path to victory that does not include Florida. So they've got to be incredibly nervous that Florida is so close right now. And just to put this in perspective, those states combined uh, give us 173 electoral college points that are potentially up for grabs. That's huge. That's like landslide territory. So They do have every reason to be nervous right now, and I think that's why we're going to start seeing these kinds of ploys coming out, like, their old tricks that they've tried before that didn't necessarily work, right? Um, Or why, like, we see them fucking with the post office, which um, Andrew's going to be talking about here shortly. Mm -hmm. Additionally... They've got to be nervous about the Senate. And the reason for this is because Democrats only need to pick up four Senate seats to gain a majority this fall. And there are 23 Republican seats at play compared to only 12 Democratic seats at play. Of the 23 Republican seats at play, 13 of them are considered competitive. So there are a lot of opportunities for Democrats to pick up seats and take a Senate majority while also hopefully holding on to the House. It looks like Democrats will at least hold on to the House. But again, we shouldn't get complacent. Like I said earlier, there's still three months to go. (laughs) Don't get too comfortable. Don't get into the polling and think I can stay home or I can wait until the last minute to request my absentee ballot because that could be a big problem, right, Andrew?
0: That's right. The big story over the past week has been Trump coming for the United States Postal Service here. It's really sad what's been going on, just to catch everybody up. Trump openly admitted a few days ago that he's withholding funds for the USPS because it would help them successfully handle mail and ballots this November. He is trying to suppress the vote because he knows the more people who vote, the lesser chance he has of winning in 2020. Um, after this, Obama issued a statement explicitly stating stating that Trump is interfering to hurt Biden's election chances. He said that on a podcast. The USPS has warned 46 states that they cannot guarantee that ballots being mailed in will arrive in time to be counted for the election. So as soon as you get your ballot, fill it out and put it back in the mail. Give them as much time as possible to get it to your uh, state offices. Um, now, What has people really worried recently is that mailboxes and sorting machines are being removed across the country. As of late last week, nearly 700 USPS mail sorting machines have been removed across the country since June. That represents a reduction in national mail sorting capacity of 21.4 million pieces of mail per hour. So a stunning amount of mail that's being uh, slowed down. Now, here's the other thing, and this is what really scared me. And this is what made me think, wow, Trump is literally trying to suppress the vote. Most of the reductions have been occurring in key states, including California, Texas, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, New Jersey, Illinois, and Wisconsin. There is talk, however, that some of the mail sorting sorting changes may have predated the Trump-appointed postmaster general. So that is important to keep in mind. The Trump appointed postmaster general has said that he's making these changes for efficiency purposes, and I think to save money as well. And now this is all very terrifying. And I've been trying to look for answers here. It just seems like, are we really witnessing Trump suppressing the vote in real time with his postmaster general, who was a huge Trump donor? Here's some good news. The USPS Inspector General is reviewing the recent policy changes, and the Postmaster General has admitted that there have been some unintended consequences following his changes, so that's good. Nancy Pelosi has called on the Postmaster General to testify and explain himself, and that will be happening next week. DeJoy has agreed. So it'll be really interesting to hear what he has to say. I think Trump is starting to realize that his decisions are not working because... He's been facing a lot of backlash, and he tweeted this afternoon, in all caps, SAVE THE POST OFFICE! <laughs> so I'm thinking now he might be regretting some of these changes, which is good. He's seeing the heat, and he might back off. I don't believe it, but we'll see. He knows there's some heat on him. So what do you guys all think? Are we actually witnessing voter suppression?
1: Yes. I mean, the fact that he has spent the last month in some change shitting all over mail-in voting, which is the same thing as absentee voting. He keeps trying to make some kind of distinction like they're two different things. They're not. Um he's just trying to legitimize one form over another even though there's really no differentiation to be had. Um and he himself votes absentee every election he and actually requested he just his request- ballots. yeah, sorry. From Florida. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just requested his him. new home state.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I think that th- this is um, very blatant. And I think when you look at, you know, the regions where postal s- the Postal Service is being interfered with, they tend to be uh, diverse areas that don't favor the president.
2: Yeah, I can't speak for the other states. Obviously, I know. A little bit more about what's going on in my state better, but I also, I do know that in terms of California, Governor Gavin Newsom had recently, I believe, uh, signed something into effect that would be sending mail in ballots to every California resident. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that just happened and we're already hearing of reductions in this state, um, you know, where it, it would make sense for Trump to attack, especially because he believes all of California to be sanctuary. Uh, for immigrants. And I know he's really come down about that and about how like the only reason the state goes blue is because there's a lot of undocumented voters and stuff like that. So it just really wouldn't be surprising to me,
0: honestly. It's just so sad. It's so sad. The USPS is a really important part of this country. If you have a house, you will get mail delivered to you, period. And it's much cheaper than UPS and FedEx because they're privately owned. And people rely on the mail for more than their ballots, yeah. medicine, important paperwork, bills, simply communicating with, with one another. It's just insane that he would come for the post office. And like I said, I'm, I am think he's starting to realize that this may be a bad decision. I can't wait to see what DeJoy has to say next week, because they're really going to have to explain themselves.
1: Yeah, I, I think some of this about shift could be due to the fact that Pelosi announced she's calling the House back into session to vote on um, a package of $25 billion in emergency funding for the Postal Service
0: as a result of this fuckery. But is Mitch going to sign it? That's the thing. Like, I can't get very excited about this.
1: No, I, I think that it's more a maneuver to try and force the conversation forward because you have the Democrats coming back from vacation effectively, like we're coming back from recess because we want to make sure that you're able to get your medicines, your medications and things like that. Um, So I think that, you know, it's, it's a level of posturing, but he has to respond to that in some way. He can't, very well, ignore an entire news cycle where he's going to be asked the question again and again the Democrats are trying to save the post office. What are you doing?
0: So, we have some tips. I'm calling them Millennials Mighty Mail in Ballot Tips. If you are voting by mail, vote as early as possible. As soon as you receive your ballot, just fill it out and stick it back in the mail and post the pic on Instagram. That's what I'm going to do, showing how cool you are for voting by mail early. And I'm going to take some digs at Trump. I'm going to tell him to go fuck himself on my Instagram. Um, But more importantly, sharing that you are voting by mail might encourage some of your friends to do so as well. So seriously, do that. Um, Also, if you would rather bypass the mailbox, take your ballot to a drop box. Most states have these available, and many states are trying to add more of them.
1: Check your state registrar's office website to see how early you can request your absentee ballot. In many states, it's a lot earlier than you would probably imagine. It is, for example, here in Georgia, you're able to request an absentee ballot up to 180 days before an election. So I actually requested my November 3rd ballot two weeks ago, and they announced that those are supposed to start going out in mid September. Um, I'm going to be opting to drop mine off at mm. a ballot box, yeah. just because I I'm very nervous as this continues to unfold that you know, there might be delivery problems. Yeah. And I would rather see my ballot <laughs> to its final location.
0: I'll try to do that as well. And Rachel in the discord is saying, make sure it's not illegal to post a picture of your ballot. I was just thinking the envelope on top. Hopefully that's not illegal. Just showing where it's going. You know, like I wanted to take a picture of it sliding into the mailbox and being like, fuck Trump in my caption. or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that is a good tip, Rachel. Um, Nevada is actually mailing ballots to every single resident as well. So I registered to vote the other day, and I very much look forward to receiving mine and then putting that right back in the Dropbox or mailbox. And also, my final tip, just buy some stamps, support the post office. I'm not Mm -hmm. totally confident when I say that, because since the Postmaster General is a Trump appointee who bankrolled Trump through his campaign... Uh, maybe, you know, giving them more money isn't necessarily helpful when DeJoy is trying to gut the post office. Pam, what will you do? mail and ballot? Dropbox?
2: I always drop it off.
0: Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: Yeah, I usually at the polling station, because there's one, like, two minutes away from my house. Okay, So cool. I usually just take a day off, but the actual ballot box at the, um, I think they have it at the city... Uh, City Hall out here is not very far away from me either. So I could probably take it over there as well.
0: Okay, so before we get to the Rona Roundup, it's time for a word from one of this week's sponsors. If you're looking to drown out the nonsense you're hearing about mail-in voting, or if you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what your roommates, your neighbors, or significant others are listening to. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds because they are so much nicer than dealing with wires. But before you go dropping hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market and that they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are their best ones yet, with six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit. The fit is so great on these that I wear them at the gym, in bed, around the house, and they never bother me. Unlike some of the other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet, with no dangling wires or stems to distract you or anyone else during video calls. The company was co-founded by Ray J, and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Melissa Etheridge, and Brandy are obsessed with Raycons. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com M-I-L-L. That's buyraycon.com M-I-L-L for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Again, that's buyraycon.com M-I-L-L. It's time for the Rona Roundup. <laughs> And you have a grim piece of news to match that grim intro music, don't you, Laura?
1: Yeah, not, not a fun thing to talk about. Um, so on top of coronavirus becoming the number three cause of death in the United States, here in this banana republic of a country... Um, Our deaths have topped 170,000. This is, I, I don't even know that there's a word to adequately describe it. I remember earlier on in the year when the White House released statistics for what we could be looking at as we got into the fall, they were setting their benchmark at like 190. And it seems like we'll be there sooner rather than later. And I just get so angry every time I see somebody, you know, flouting all of the medical recommendations that we've been given. Every time I see somebody doing what in my family we call dick nose, where they wear their mask under their nose. Wow,
0: why do people do that?
1: Every time I see that, I get so like fucking angry and I just want to walk up to them and be like, put it over your nose. Yeah. The fuck is your problem? <laughs> Um, I think
0: they do it because they feel like they can get away with it. It is a little easier to breathe if you're not covering your nose. But if you go into Target and you have to wear a mask, but they don't really want to, they figure, well, I'll at least cover my mouth. Then they won't tell me off. They should be.
2: No germs are coming out of your nose or something.
0: I bet it's that, too. Yeah. I have Hmm. seen people preparing food. In fast food yep. restaurants with their Same. noses exposed. I This is
2: why I have not ordered takeout barely since the <laughs> yeah, pandemic you started,
0: honestly. I, went but in I don't a, trust anyone. I went in a Cadoba. Is that what it's called? The Chipotle spinoff um, or ripoff, I should say. And she was preparing the chicken and her, her nose wasn't covered. I almost walked out. I was like, I should not be supporting this. But I didn't. I really wanted some tacos. Um I just I'm with you there. I just can't believe that people leave their nose exposed.
1: Yeah, you might as well not be wearing anything. Yeah. At that point. Right. Um so you know, I see that. I see people continuing to go about their summer lives. Like I read an article saying that like a million Americans are planning travel to Florida over Labor Day weekend and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like we are all going to have to stay inside for a year because you people couldn't suck it up for three months.
0: Enjoy and Disney World, people, bitch.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are dying because you're selfish.
2: I have I have family. I'm so disappointed to be related to these people. <laughs> I have family that just came back from a two-month vacation in Mexico.
0: Whoa. <laughs> they were allowed yeah. back in the country?
2: That's what I'm saying.
0: Wow. That sounds like a problem. And Trump doesn't want anybody to come back from Mexico.
2: Right. Pandemic or not.
0: So, wow. That's crazy. I mean, my family keeps having family parties with my grandparents. Like, if you guys saw these pictures, your heads would explode. I Like... But what am I supposed to do? Tell them to not? They're not going to listen to me.
2: I mean, I t- I got really upset. I think I talked about this on the show. I got really upset with my one of my aunts and her kids cuz they kept going over to my grandparents' house.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. You and can. I
2: finally called them up and I was like, "You know what? Like you're killing them." Yeah. So, if something happens, like that's on your conscience. And we'll never know, but you'll have to live with that.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, backed
2: think-
1: off. I think I mentioned um, back in the spring, we had elderly relatives coming up from Florida for what, like, I don't even fucking know why. There was no reason. They just decided they had to go. And there was like some familial pressure for us to get together. And we said no, because we don't want to be the ones who get you sick. Sorry that we want to protect you
0: while we're calling people out also these people who have been posting on social media as they travel i would not announce right now that i'm out and about even forget traveling just out and about in the city like why are you posting pictures of yourself not at home
1: yeah and like having all kinds of house parties and shit like i just i see it everywhere and i'm just like it's still going on like yeah I I don't know what fucking fantasy world you live in or if it's going to take you or somebody you love ending up on a ventilator for you to start taking this seriously. But this isn't over. Did you guys see that TikTok? With a girl who she developed that melody that was like, the pandemic isn't over just because you're over it. <laughs> it was <laughs> really good and sounded way better than I just did there. But um, I just want to send that to everybody that I see like fucking having a pool party
3: yeah.
1: or like going out and eating inside a
2: restaurant.
3: Yes. Restaurants. I just
1: walk, like drive
2: around with that blasting. <laughs> yes. In <laughs> your car.
0: I saw a good tweet. I think it was. That said, um, we're going to have to stop using the phrase avoid it like the plague because people don't want to avoid the plague.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is I mean, I've already I've felt this way for a long time, but this is really cementing for me that this is a stupid country.
4: Yeah, Yeah. like my neighbors
1: too. Like they this, this is the best part the the
2: lady that lives. She bought the house next door to us. She has a daughter in her early 20s and she lives in the house with her daughter and then her daughter's boyfriend also, I think, lives there, too girl's mother works at a hospital and i swear to god they have they have their friends over every weekend yeah and i just can't imagine that like when you have a relative that's going to work every day on the front lines and you still are just fine and the numbers not
0: following the rules the numbers reflect how dumb this country is you just look at the daily cases they're still through the roof
1: still going up
0: and part of the reason is because not only are americans dumb but our president and his administration are as well he's yep. gonna
2: and tweet just...
1: wear a mask
2: in all caps and then just be like well i i did my job well, i tried he's,
0: he's said a couple times now literally mm-hmm. that wearing a mask is patriotic do it because it's patriotic like he's it's changing a little his tune. too late yeah. he should
2: have been doing that in february march mm-hmm.
0: And he's still not setting an example. He just had a rally today. He wasn't wearing a mask. A lot of his supporters weren't wearing a mask at this event in Wisconsin. So, yeah.
1: And it's all just a trickle down effect to these Republican governors. Um, Although I will say Brian Kemp here in Georgia um, unsuccessfully tried to sue Keisha Lance Bottoms for her mask mandate in the city of Atlanta. And, you know, after he fucking failed at that, he basically had to back off and say, you know localities can implement mask mandates good um so at least you know places have the ability to do that it's just not going to be enough as evidenced by some of the numbers that we'll talk about with schools here in a moment but i also wanted to take a moment to recognize that um congress went on recess despite not having reached a compromise on a further extension of uh, coronavirus aid to Americans. Well what about Trump's Trump's executive
0: order? Shouldn't everybody be receiving $400 a week?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we talked about that last week, and there are so many strings attached to that shit, you might as well not even try. Um, Or if you do try and it's successful, please write in and let us know how it worked because... Uh, I'm curious to know if states can't already can't pay their own unemployment, how are they going to subsidize (laughs) that four hundred dollars a week? Um, Really curious to know about that. But also Russia has recently offered to help with the coronavirus vaccine (laughs) and the U.S. was like. No, thanks. (laughs) We're good. Um, And actually, one U.S. government public health official said there's no way in hell the U.S. tries the Russian vaccine on monkeys, let alone people. (laughs) Um, Apparently, vaccines in Russia don't go through the same rigorous amount of trials and testing (laughs) as they do um, in other parts of the world. But But if
0: Putin said, hey, try my vaccine, I bet Trump would be like, yeah, I'll try it myself. Give it to me. I don't
1: think he'd want to try it himself. He what he would do is he would have a presser and be like, Yeah, I hear that there's a really promising vaccine coming out of Russia. Very strong. And I I don't know. I don't know. It might it might work.
0: Ivanka, you try it. Just
1: something to think about.
0: Jared, Ivanka, you try it. Let's see if you live or die.
1: (laughs) He wouldn't want to kill Ivanka.
4: (laughs) No, he still needs to have
0: sex with her.
1: Um, And also, we talked about schools last week, but as expected, schools are having to start shutting down amidst outbreaks of coronavirus. Um, Notably, UNC, University of North Carolina, uh, is having to shut down because they've had 135 new COVID cases between August 10th and 16th. During, like, their first week of classes. So they're having to go totally virtual, which begs the question, if you had the infrastructure the whole time, why did you bring everybody back to campus? Yeah. Um, I did want to give a shout out to their student run paper. <laughs> their uh, their front page story had the headline, UNC has a clusterfuck on its hands. <laughs> Um, and Good I'm just like, Bravo like students. That. <laughs> yeah, then here in Georgia, Gwinnett and Cherokee counties have had to shut down multiple high schools due to outbreaks. Um, Gwinnett County has something like twelve hundred. <laughs> potential cases. Cherokee County has hundreds of faculty and students between two of their high schools. So it's just a mess. And then schools in Indiana and Mississippi are having to go virtual as students quarantine after exposure during their first days of school. So this was clearly just a really bad idea. Who would have thunk?
0: All these schools know that students will test positive for COVID if they reopen the schools. So how could you reopen the schools knowing that that is going to happen? You're going to face you're going to have to report to the parents that people are testing positive in your school at some point. Why do you want to face that? Why do you want to go through that?
1: Yeah, no, it just sucks. I mean, on a personal note, this is putting... Mark behind in his progress in his program. He's literally 95% done with his degree, but there's one class in particular he needs that he was slated to take this semester, and they won't offer it online. They're offering it as a hybrid class.
0: Oh,
4: no.
1: But because he can't take it, he's going to have to wait until spring at earliest to do it, which puts him behind on graduation. And it's frustrating for us because we know that by Labor Day, they're going to have to shut the campus down and they're going to have to find a way to give people credit for that class. So he's already like drafting up an email to the professor to be like, so not to say I told you so, but is there any way I can get into this class now (laughs) that it's online?
0: Yeah. Wow.
4: Well,
2: good for him. I'm sure a lot of kids are struggling with that. Like I I know um some people that are still at university and at least two people are contemplating whether or not it makes sense to even go back even though they're so close to finishing because they have all these classes that really only make sense to take if you're there getting hands-on
1: experience and that's not something that you can do right now. Yeah, there's there's really no good one-size-fits-all solution right. here. Um but i think you know in choosing whether i graduate late or re- whether i get seriously ill or get somebody else seriously ill the the choice is clear it sucks and i feel for students who are in that position yeah um i wanted to call out erica in the discord erica says i'm an epidemiology phd student at unc and i've been rolling my eyes every time i saw another alert about a cluster the undergrads have been partying since they moved back to campus. Ugh. And of course they are. Oh, I mean, the, the yeah. same thing is happening at universities all over the country. If places of learning are sending the message that everything's okay, bingo, students are going to think it's fine for them to go back to, you know, drinking out of a beer funnel <laughs> let's party.
0: that like let's 50 get drunk. other
4: people have used.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. What else is going on, Pam?
2: I wanted to talk about the ABC sitcom Blackish. Have you guys heard of this show or watched any of the episodes? Yeah. Heard of
0: it, okay, haven't awesome. watched it, except this episode.
2: No, you did watch this episode. Fantastic. Yep. So this show has been going on for a couple of seasons now. Um, it's an Emmy winner as well. And they're known for, uh, pushing the envelope in terms of, you know, um, adding in political undertones into the series. Uh, they were originally set to release an episode back in 2018 called Please, Baby, Please, which showrunner Kenya Barris actually wrote following the presidential election, uh, like one year out of the presidential election. And it was inspired by the hopelessness he felt when he was looking around at our country. ABC decided that it was too political to show on air and they pulled it. And nobody really knew why. There was no real explanation that was given. But the episode is now available for the first time. You can watch it on Hulu. It's uh, streaming at the very end of season four. And Kenya Barris took to Twitter to just surprise announce that everybody could now watch this episode. And when he was explaining how the episode came to go live on Hulu, he said that after You know, everything that's been going on in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement currently and with ABC deciding to re-air two really poignant episodes called Juneteenth and Hope, he went back to the Walt Disney television studio and asked if they would maybe reconsider releasing this episode anyway, and they decided to do it. So Barris said that they recognized the importance of this moment, they listened and agreed. And then he also said that he hoped that the episode would inspire some much needed conversation, not only about what we're grappling with then or how it led to where we are now, but conversations about where we want our country to go moving forward, and most importantly, how we get there together. So, um, Andrea, I know you just said that you watched the episode. What did you think about it?
0: Well, I see why they were hesitant to release it. It was very on the nose. I mean, they're attacking Trump. They're wading into Black Lives Matter. They're tackling a ton of issues in one episode. I was very surprised by just how pointed that it was. What disappoints me, though, is that Disney was afraid to air this on ABC. It seems so silly, like where are their balls? What are they afraid of? Some people, some Trump supporters are going to complain that this is airing, and what were they watching Blackish to begin with? Probably not, so I just don't see why they backed away from airing it originally,
1: right, and also, I mean, I have not seen the episode myself yet, um, but I would imagine that the conversation happening in the episode. Is very much reflective of the conversations people had all over the country with their children after Trump was elected. I think something like this really would have resonated with their target audience. Yes,
2: one hundred percent. Somebody asked in the Discord if you can watch the episode if you've never seen the show, and the answer to that is yes. Um, I have never seen Blackish all the way through, but I've caught standalone episodes, and they're still just as enjoyable.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a self-contained episode, I think. He's yeah. really just talking to his children. It doesn't relate to the rest of the season.
2: Right. Exactly. Um, one of the reasons why people thought perhaps it had gotten blacklisted by ABC was because of a conversation that happens with, um, the patriarch Dre, who's played by Anthony Anderson. Uh, he starts talking to his teenage son who comes in and says that he is grappling with whether or not to stand up to his school's administration. Uh, because they're saying that they're going to suspend any student athletes that decide to take a knee on the pitch. Uh, So, you know, obviously that has to do with Colin Kaepernick and the whole movement that he started and stuff like that. And I guess that was a hot button issue at the
0: time. I feel like if the issue was just that scene, they would have just cut that scene instead of the whole episode, you know, or done a reshoot in which it... Is more kosher in their minds?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking too that like in comparison to one of the episodes that Kenya Barris specifically mentioned in his statement, uh, the episode Hope, it's it all takes place with the family in the living room and they're watching um, the news trying to see if cops are gonna get indicted for gunning down a black man and that episode is super heated and i feel like something like that is super charged so i just don't i I, don't, I still don't understand why abc would decide that that would be okay to air and then decide that something like this would not be okay you know yeah so it's the kind of it's very it's a very interesting case but i think at the end of the day it's good that this episode exists and that people can watch it now
0: it is my one complaint, though, is I wish they were actually featuring it. Like, I really had to go digging. I didn't realize it was in yes. season four, so I started at the uh-huh. most recent season and went backwards, and then sitting at the end of season four, and it's labeled episode 99, which was kind of weird, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, they should be featuring it, and, and I'm sure a lot of people want to check it out, so why not bring more attention to it, Hulu?
2: I wanted to know if if you guys think that, you know, is this a sign of the times that ABC reconsidered? Or do you just kind of feel like network television is always going to be a little bit more reserved in terms of the content they do allow?
0: I think they're more willing to release episodes like this. I mean, especially this year with how outspoken everybody's been over George Floyd, for example. I mean, we were seeing people come out in support of Black Lives Matter that I think we didn't expect. I think of like Roger Goodell of the NFL. He issued a pretty big statement when that was all going down. So yes, I I think so. And with more streaming platforms out there, more of these streamers, I think, are willing to air stuff like this, which may be exactly why. You can find it on Hulu,
1: I think that, like all progress in this arena, it's incremental um just like what Andrew was alluding to, as you get more voices speaking out in favor of a cause that's gonna move the needle a little more when it comes to things like network television and you know their their constant fear for their ratings. Um, definitely, I think you can see that if you look back at like the kinds of topics that were broached in the early two thousands on t v versus the kinds of topics that are broached now um so it is slow progress, but
2: progress mm-hmm. yeah, you make a good point. I mean like the um th- the the idea of the after school special, especially on you know, show that's on prime time where it's kind of geared towards the whole family can sit down and watch something. Like that's not anything new. It's just that we live in different times. So the after school special sort of has to change, uh-huh. right. And it's important that that there is a platform for people to, um, converge around so that they can watch it play out on a different stage and apply that to their own lives.
0: Yeah. So, All right. So before we get to a confessional, it's time to hear from a new sponsor here on Millennial, one that will invoke memories of childhood and shake up your daily routine. Magic Spoon. Growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, right? You sit there with the box on the kitchen table and as you ate, you'd play the game or read the trivia on the back of the box. But as you get older, you start paying closer attention to your health and then you realize, "Uh, I probably shouldn't be eating cereal with this much sugar in it. That's where Magic Spoon comes in. They make cereal that is delicious and healthy. Zero sugar. 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. I have tried four of the flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I tend to be a chocolate guy and less of a fruity guy, despite being fruity in other ways. So I gravitated towards the cocoa and frosted flavors, and they were so good. I was munching on them for weeks, even throughout the day. They are keto-friendly, gluten-free grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Plus, and this is one of my favorite parts, the boxes have games on the back so you can feel like you're a kid again. I thought that was such a nice touch. I want you to try these, shake up your breakfast, eat healthy cereal, and feel like a kid again. Go to magicspoon.com slash M-I-L-L to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code M-I-L-L at checkout to get free shipping and to let them know we sent you. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com M-I-L-L and use the code M-I-L-L for free shipping. And thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the podcast. Okay, time for a confessional.
1: Yeah, before we wrap things up, we got a really good confessional that actually has some relevance to what we're going to be talking about in After Dark today. Uh, The Confessee writes, so I think I'm still buying the new Robert Galbraith book in September. For those who don't know, Robert Galbraith is a pen name for J.K. Rowling. um, That's me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I really got to stop doing (laughs) that. uh,
1: She writes her Cormoran Strike series under this name. I really like the books and want to know what happens next. I rarely have time to read with two small kids, so purchasing the audiobooks is the best option because then I can listen when I have the chance and when I'm folding laundry or doing mindless chores. And they went on to ask, I'm not a terrible person, am I?
0: No, No. you're not a terrible person.
1: You are not a terrible person.
0: Especially this year, we all need things to look forward to. And if a new Robert Galbraith book makes you happy, just do it and enjoy it. I did enjoy reading these books, but I can no longer read these. I I would just feel guilty, honestly. And that doesn't mean that you should feel guilty. Like I said, if this brings you joy, then go for it. But yeah, I'm just not interested in supporting her anymore. So personally, I am not going to read that book.
2: And there are other ways to do it too. like if you really don't want to monetarily support, you could see if your local library has copy that you can get like a lot of times, even if the book's not out yet, I would start checking right now to see when they'll put the audiobook version up for holds. And you can get that like within the first week after they put it into the system. Um, A lot of libraries, like most libraries now, have electronic databases. So, even if your library doesn't have a pickup option, given the current state of things with coronavirus, you can also just download that straight to your phone as soon as it's ready. Yeah,
0: that's a great idea. And that's
1: exactly what we're going to talk about in After Dark today. We're going to talk about the complex relationship that we all have with the various forms of problematic media that we all enjoy. And how, how to grapple with that and how you reconcile um, consuming media from figures or that concerns subject matter that is problematic, because unfortunately it is inevitable. Um, If you can show me something that is completely 100% unproblematic, I'll like eat my foot. Like (laughs) it's just, it's, going to be impossible because human beings are inherently flawed creatures, but we're going to talk about some things that we still like, even though we recognize their problematic um, aspects and sort of how we deal with that and some recommendations like what Pam just made about like going through your local library to avoid monetary support. So check that out over at patreon.com millennial at the $5 level if you're interested in hearing this week's After Dark. And we wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons, Jana, Holly, Danielle, May, Hillary, Jillian, Ruby, Janeth, Rose, Caitlin, Leanne, Rachel, Alex, Jess, Isalek. Christina, Layla, and Sonica, thank you all so much for your support, and we are so thrilled to have you. If you're interested in supporting the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash millennial to gain instant access to thousands of hours of bonus content that we have over the years, including our flagship benefit After Dark, our millennial variety show, Bay Hangouts, Palace Intrigue, and so much more. Again, thank you you to all of our patrons for your support yes
0: and by the way i think we had a question like this recently so i thought i should bring it up again after dark is part of mega millennial which is the main show ad free with after dark at the end so if you're looking for after dark on patreon it's a part of mega millennial we just thought we'd put it in one file so it's super easy for you to listen to the whole thing and by request I put the timestamp in the show notes so you know exactly where After Dark starts in case you want to skip to that. Okay, it's time for recommendations. Laura, have you or Mark heard of this new game, Fall Guys?
1: Uh, I think we actually just downloaded it because isn't it the free PS Network game this month? (laughs)
0: It is free for PS Plus or whatever it is. I became a PS Plus member again just so I could play this. I kept hearing about this game on social media, and it looks cute. So I was like, all right, let me try it. It's a lot of fun. It's available for PlayStation 4 and Steam. This is an online battle royale where you compete in various mini games against other players around the world. So it's kind of like Fortnite. But a lot of the games are foot races, and others are head-to-head matchups. And the top players... In each round, advance to the next round until just one remains. The characters are just adorable. And like I said, the game is very colorful and the characters are very derpy. Like they're, they're climbing over each other to reach the finish line. It's just a lot of fun. I love games that you can jump in and out of quickly that aren't a big time commitment unless you want them to be. Um so Fall Guys just checks a lot of boxes for me and like I said everybody's talking about it right now so definitely check it out and Laura maybe you and I can race in a couple Fall Guy yeah, matches. I think you can do, do that. It. Yeah.
1: Um I want to recommend a YouTuber um by the name of Rainbot that's R E I G N B O T. Um she does lots of creepy stories and conspiracy theories so if you're into that kind of thing definitely recommend checking her channel out. She's really good at spinning a narrative that's very compelling. And there's just some really like creepy shit on there, (laughs) if that's your thing. Um, And I wanted to recommend the
2: uh, Juan Gil Silver Label Red Wine. It's just a really good bottle of red and you can get it for 15 bucks at BevMo or probably any place they sell an extensive array of wine. it's a red blend, but it's super smooth and it's a crowd pleaser. So even if it's not a bottle for you and you're just trying to find something to pick up, you know, to send to somebody that maybe needs some cheering up right now since nobody's supposed to be getting together, then I would recommend uh,
0: buying that. I think Cam is out. asking for us to send her some bottles of this wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of I alcohol, don't hear a denial. for the record, <laughs> I did finish the Fireball. Aww. I I regret to say I enjoyed it, especially I'm that sip that you. I had later in the episode. Over the course of an hour and 22 minutes. Hey, come on. <laughs> I would have drank it more. I just didn't want to get more uh, buzz. That's fair. You, you had a job to do. That's very responsible. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode. You can contact us by writing directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Don't forget about our confessional too. If you want to submit something anonymously, that is on the website. You can also follow us on social media, We're a Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks everybody for listening again. I'm Andrew. I'm
2: Laura. And I'm Pamela.
3: Bye. Bye everybody. December 31st, I grabbed a beer, threw it up, said 2020 is my year, <laughs>
5: I gave this motherfucker like a month or two This
4: is getting kind of ridiculous at this point Yo,
0: my cat died and a global pandemic took over my life And I put out some music that nobody liked So I got really sad and bored at the same time And that's why I'm like low-key Fuck 2020 Still sad, still
3: ain't got no money I ain't got a watch chip on my wrist I just got some
5: shit I gotta fix
0: yeah. Love 2020. I don't know about everybody else, but I think that I done. Can we just get your oh, the cat dying thing got a little too real there. Oh no.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: oh. Uh, but um, you can empathize. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, she, she really had the nail on the head.
0: <laughs> Who was that by Laura?
2: Lyrics.
1: Oh gosh, I don't know. Avenue Beats. I just know it's a TikTok song. Yeah, it's uh it's Somebody who's going through some similar um, home destruction issues to me, like when it happened to them, they just sent me that song.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> They funny. were
1: like, this is how I feel.